0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, Whether you're headed off to the gym or headed out for the first thing in the morning and don't have time for breakfast, um, great little protein boost to get you going either through a workout or to get your morning started, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. get $10 off your first box and set up a nice box of some of their 16- Fantastic flavors. We're gonna sit down with Pete Smith here today on Lockdown Browns. Um, sorry for you know a couple of missed episodes here, guys. Just you know gathering ourselves up here and you know I know everywhere we're trying to integrate, trying to get back into some normalcy, uh, trying to get through that here in the Lloyd House here in New Jersey as well. Here, uh, Pete, we got to speak from Joe Woods yesterday, and um, we were thrilled about the hire when it happened, um, and we kind of speculated for weeks and months that this was going to be the way, and this isn't just a Cleveland Browns thing. This is the way NFL defenses essentially are going to be, you know, moving forward here. Um, you know, whether it's special players like Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, Derwin James, basically, what do you want on defense? You want to find the biggest, fastest guys who can hopefully tackle well, and whether or not you're going to, whatever you're going to call them position wise, you can call them that. But it's going to be more of that. And, you know, Joe Woods talked about the fact that he's going to want to go more with three safeties. He'd want to go more with a a dime-nickel look here. And it was quite obvious to understand this with what, you know, the moves the the Cleveland Browns had made in the offseason and the fact that at the linebacker position, really only the thing that's left on the roster were three second-year players. You know, one of them was an undrafted free agent here. But, you know, I, I know, you know, and a lot of people just get caught up in what football used to be. But this is trending more, Pete, towards what football is going to be
1: um well yeah i mean the browns run that 425 base last year uh it sounds like joe woods is going to run a 425 base this year and wants to be able to basically get to the point where you know it's a a lot of 416 with just one linebacker and then three safeties on the field but he doesn't know when you know he's gonna be able to get to that point but
0: He's also not going to give Um, it up and say, this is what we're going to do week one against Baltimore either.
1: Right. I mean, the thing is like everybody's looking at this from the, the spectrum of, well, how do you defend Lamar Jackson? And that's fine. I mean, I, 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 I don't get caught up in that. Again, the bronze were really good against the Ravens last year. I don't expect that to change. It has everything to do with their defensive line, but it just, where are you investing your resources? and the browns made it pretty clear um it, it's not to say that linebacker doesn't matter it's just it's not a high priority so if they can find guys that can play and they can find guys that can can uh, do the job and play well they're going to you know incorporate them and you know find ways to use them if they can't then they're going to go where the money is at or the investment is at and right now the investment is in safeties and defensive linemen, you know, beyond corners and just talk about that, you know, sort of linebacker position. And, you know, that, that's, I don't think that's like random. I don't think they're going to suddenly, you know, decide that, you know, they're going to go out and sign like a $10 million linebacker next year. I think they're going to look at the linebacker position as sort of a finishing piece. Not, a, I, I think it's going to be looked at just like running back. Um, so. From that standpoint, it makes sense. And you listen to Joe Woods, and not unfairly, he doesn't know what he has as a linebacker, like, at all. You know, he's talking about cross-training. He's talking about, well, he, he knows they got have it mentally or will have it mentally, but he has no idea what they do physically. That's because, he, you know, understandably, that like, that's totally reasonable. But that also means he's not likely to sit there banking on it. So, I've been saying this. I think expectations need to be very low in terms of the linebacker position. It doesn't mean they can't find somebody who can play. Obviously, they spent a third-round pick on uh, Phillips from LSU. Obviously, they 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 have Taki, They have Mac Wilson. They they have bodies, and they need to find somebody who can function. And but going forward, uh, I. I that's why I mentioned the Jamal Adams thing. I, I think it's a, a situation that would make a lot of sense for them. Um, but I, I just think that position is going to be far more integral to what they're doing than uh, linebacker.
0: Well, also what it is, and, you know, as far as when he's saying with the, you know, you know, it, it depends on you know, when we can get this in. And number one, he's not going to, you know, essentially show his hold cards. Um, he'd be stupid too at this point. And number two is nobody's been on the field yet. And, you know, he's going to be working with three safeties. Um, it's going to be difficult to say, you know, how rookies, how quickly they can pick things up this year. You know, Grant, Grant Delpit for you know all intents and purposes, you know, came into this and one of the flaws people didn't have on him was he was a pretty intelligent football player, but, you know, without being on the field, without actually, you know, getting, you know, I mean, we used to joke about the term mental reps. That's all they're getting right now. And it's really, really difficult to do that when you're going from college to football. Obviously, to the NFL, um, you got to work in Carl Joseph. You got to work in Sendejo. Um, whatever the linebacker position is and what it's going to be, Phil should be part of it. Goodson be a part of it. They, them as well. They have you know little to no experience with what's going to go on here. Um, you know, Mac Wilson maybe has a slight advantage. I'm sure there's going to be verbiage differences. Um, but you know, I, you know, hope for you know a, a step up for him as far as a coverage player here in U2, which was supposed to be his calling card coming into it. Um, and it shows though, I mean, you know, you, you look at the depth at the defensive end position, you look at the depth of the defensive tackle position, you look at everything else they've done. This picture was painted. Um, and you know, for everybody to act like, you know, with some shock and awe about it now, um, just, it was really easy to kind of pick up where this was going. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, they obviously, I don't think anyone was surprised when they let go of Kirksey, but Showbert was the one that sort of really signaled it, and you replaced Schobert with B.J. Goodson, who's making like $2.4 million a year for, for the one year he's here, uh, and, you know, it wasn't a priority, I, I, you know, I I'm, uh, would love to find out that I'm wrong on this, but I don't think Isaiah Simmons was ever a serious consideration for them. Um, I, I just don't think that was how they they, they wanted that position to go but you know when you 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 don't spend at all uh at linebacker, but you spend everywhere else um to add players and obviously Joe woods uh, you know had some input on Carl Joseph and Adrian Dejo and Grant Delpit. like he chose these guys whereas he did not choose uh Joe schobert as an example so i mean this is this was the plan linebacker is now running back and again you get a guy like Nick Chubb you're going to use him and he's going to be a huge part of your offense but are they likely to then keep uh you know Nick Chubb on a, a, a lucrative contract when he comes up in free
0: agency that seems unlikely and it sucks, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the writing on the wall, it does kind of seem like the writing is on the wall in that respect. Here, we're gonna to get to a little bit more here on Locked On Browns. Jeff Floyd from uh, Jeff Floyd, your host Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. More coming here on your Friday Locked On Browns. They just taste good. Um, they taste really good. They kind of taste like candy. My kids even like them. Don't even understand that it's a protein bar. You can kind of slip one past the goalie there. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. Um, for me, mint chocolate cream is one of my favorite. Um, Almond toffee is another one. Um, you're in the day, of the age where, you know, w- water to wash down the bar or over these things don't taste like crap. They taste good. You know, you used to have to force these protein bars down. Um, no grit, no aftertaste. It's just good. Again, kind of just, you know, it almost gives you the taste of a candy bar with the, all the chocolate and the nuts in there. And the flavors really, really good. Amazing combination of low calorie, high protein and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bar, it is half the calories 7 times fewer carbs, 7 times fewer sugar grams and more protein. How can it be this good for you and taste this good? That's Built Bar's secret. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON capital L capital O and get a $10 get $10 off your first box again at www.builtbar.com. Pete Baker seems back to being more confident, you know, whether it's this coaching staff, uh, you know, or, or just the overall picture, you know, he talked about the fact that he's been able to sneak into other positional meetings. Um, I, I think the, the makeup of this front office, and look, we saw Baker towards the end of 2019 and a, a version of Baker Mayfield, nobody's ever seen at this point, you know, I, I, maybe lacking the confidence that they can just go out and do whatever they wanted, which has kind of been Baker's, shtick since he got to Oklahoma he was basically able to do whatever he wanted but he's back where it seems more confident he seems more bought in dialed in to what this staff is you know stressing and what they want to do where it seems like it's a really good match for him and you know more of the shaking off of you know the negativity that's been put on him and you know I'm gonna go about things my way I'll be ready this this what we're seeing of Baker Mayfield, you know, these last couple of days here in the limited time, obviously, that we get to see or hear from these athletes, it seems Baker is bought in and Baker is close to the guy that everybody fell in love with in 2018.
1: Well, I think he's just more the person he had been. I think last year was far, uh, far from normal for him. Like, there's this sense that he was always like, this outspoken, super cocky guy at Oklahoma and, and Texas Tech, and he wasn't like nobody knew who he was until he was a senior. Uh, you know, he had the arrest, but like most people, the whole thing for the whole you know for that whole season was people uh, went from undrafted free agent to third round pick to whatever because they had no idea who he was, and it was it, because he wasn't doing all these things. He was playing at a premier program that was consistently one of the best teams in the country. And he felt like a surprise because he wasn't uh, talking and all these other things. And, you know, he's always taken his medicine, despite the fact that he never, it's it's always treated like he doesn't. So I think this is more, and the, you know, the moving in silence, whatever. Um, But that's more true to who he's been. So I know we're going to get, you know, a bunch of people. Well, he's way more mature now, and and uh, maybe that's part of it. But it, I think this is really more along the lines of who he's been, as opposed to like some huge, you know, change in, in in his makeup and his personality. I just think last year was such an unusual deal. And then, you know, he is last year off season. Uh, and again, this is not a criticism of the institution of marriage. But he got married, he had the National hand campaign, he sort of got to enjoy himself a little bit, having had, you know, the best year of his football life, really, um, and, and and the adoration that came with it, and then this, obviously he had the, the year he didn't want to have, and all these things that went poorly, and then he's been forced to just sort of sit there, and, you know, ruminate on it, and... Focus on himself and 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 think about who he wants to be in the NFL and all the things that you know he wants to improve and th- that stuff. So while I'm sure there's some level of uh, self-evaluation and, and reverence and all of these things that maybe there's a maturity aspect, I really do think this is more along the lines of the guy that he al- that he largely has been and why he's been so successful is because he does have a good sense of who he is and what he wants to do. Now, you know, it, he, you know, when you get into things like, you know, telling people you're not talking to the media and what this stuff, I mean, that sort of makes it look a little hollow, but again, whatever, the, the, the result is what people want. So I'm not going to get too caught up with it, but I think it's more a, a return to his true form as opposed to just, you know,
0: suddenly he's matured. Um, I think you're making a great point of the player he always was. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you carry along, you know, who you are and it's really easy to stay who you are when things are great. And obviously, you know, his time in Oklahoma and even Texas Tech. I mean, the only, you know, knock for a long time that Baker had was his size. Uh, You know, left Texas Tech, went to Oklahoma, basically told you, I am going to come here and play. I'm going to come here and be your quarterback. Um, and obviously everything at Oklahoma went extremely well. You come into an Owen 16 situation as a rookie and you take that team to seven wins. And now all of a sudden, boom, you know, you're, you know, the dar- one of the darlings of the NFL, obviously the darling of the city, 2019 starts going South and, you know, where are you normally going to point the finger? You're going to point the finger at the quarterback. So for the first time in 2019, you know, for maybe even Baker's athletic life, he found some, you know, felt some adversity and, you know, felt some difficult times and things didn't come as easy. And this is in a knock saying he's never not worked hard. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, the other teams were zigging, essentially while the Browns were zagging. They were ahead of him. Um, you know, he had a coaching staff that didn't have everybody in the best place to succeed. The amount of weapons that were taken away from him in 2019 that he was comfortable with, you know, certainly wouldn't have, you know, certainly would have affected any quarterback who's ever played the game. I think now where it's, you know. There's more of the confidence, and there's more of the confidence of, well, you know, I should have David, I should have Rashard Higgins, guys that I'm comfortable with to go along with, you know, potential huge, huge production guys in Jarvis Landry. Um, obviously with Odell Beckham, you bring in Austin Hooper, who gives him, you know, in Oklahoma, you know, he fed, he ate well with these big tight ends. You know, we talked all the time, and people kidded us about Fells. Fells was. Big for him. Whenever you needed Fels, Fells was there. Got it done. So you've got this body guy, Austin Hooper, you know, similar to Mark Andrews, who we had a lot of success with here, uh, had a lot of success with at Oklahoma. Um, he's going to get a full year of Kareem to aid him in the passing game for whichever way he wants to do that. Obviously, you've got Nick. We all understand the importance of that and the significance of what Nick can bring to this offense as far as balance. But it's put him in a position here, Pete, where he can go – he can – whatever – wherever the confidence took a hit in 2019 – it's now coming back. You know, he's he's got to look at, you know, skill-wise. And now even an offensive line where he's going to have a lot more confidence. Obviously, you know, a a heavy investment into a right tackle, a heavy investment into a left tackle here. It's put him in a position here where even if he was had any doubts or any concerns about what he could actually do on the field, it should be a race now. And Baker likes putting it all on himself. And now he feels more com- comfortable in a position where he can go back and put it on himself.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, and again, this is uh, – its he's never been the guy who likes excuses, but he, he he did go out of his way to sort of eliminate any excuses. Like, he was asked, you know, about – you know, in fact he's had three head coaches, you know, he's learning another new offense, and he basically, you know, looked at it and said, no, you know, I'm more than capable of doing this. You know, it's on me to, to be good or talking about how he needs to be uh, the question of him being entering year three or whatever and the pressure that comes with that. And, and basically, <clears> saying, <throat> look, if I play well and we win, it'll take care of itself, uh, which is all true. I mean, it, it, I, I give him credit for being able to sort of simplify it. Don't make it more than it is. You you know, you don't have to be 17 different things. You just have to be the one thing. You have to be a quarterback who can help your team win games. And and that's probably part of why he is taking the approach that he has, is sort of embracing the notion that if he says something and, it, you know, it, it gets, you know, broadcast, like, you know, arguing with Cowherd, for example, like it, it's not just him at this point. And, and obviously on some level, it was never just him, but I think um, he always sort of took it that way. Well, it's, you know, it's just me. And now, especially when you add Jed Rick Wills, especially when you add Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper and, and, and you bring back Richard Higgins and you have all these players that are set up. And the whole thing is you've got to make this work that I think it's being cognizant of the fact that anything he says is for, you know, that side of the ball, that whole football team, and sort of being the, I don't want to say politician, because I don't think that's the way he is, but just being that, that true representative of what he needs to be as a a quarterback
0: and a leader. And, and you know, I mean, it's and it's, you know, essentially being, you know, I mean yeah. – you know, basically the leader of the group, the leader of the clique, but having the ultra confidence in the guys that you're essentially going to go to battle with, and go to you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to ever use battle, but the guys you're going to go ball with. So he's he's confident from you know the folks above him to the you know the guys that he's going to walk into that huddle with onto that field with, and you know it's it makes sense. I mean, you know, uh, I can't, I wouldn't be able to, you know, I can't, you can't find any quarterback in the NFL right now. Who wouldn't be excited to uh, what to, you know, with the weapons he's about to go to work with, with what's going to be in front of him, obviously with the bell cow behind him, um, and then these slipping, you know, guys who can just do really, really great things, who aren't going to have the most major important roles, whether it's Higgins, Najoku, and Kareem Hunt compared with everything else. One more thing we're going to get to here on your Friday before we start to kick off your weekend on a short week. Well, short week, long week is really a difference at this point, folks. A little more coming here. Lockdown Browns, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. We got into this the other day, Pete. So, uh, you know, as far as, you know, team MVPs, um, we're going to go around the entire NFL with this. But, you know, we did the AFC North the other day. Um, So we'll stick in the beginning here with obviously teams that are going to be on the schedule for the Browns in 2020. So, you know, looking at the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, Colts, Houston, Texans. I think for one here, there's a slam dunk here. I think for the rest of it, it's, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's going to be some question marks and some of the discussions. So I guess we'll go with the division winner last year, Um, you know, However, it goes, and you know, taking DeAndre Hopkins away, and maybe that's a Bill O'Brien, you know, show of faith and you know, just how much he truly thinks Deshaun Watson can do. But the Houston Texans MVP, I, I guess, has to be—I mean, almost no doubter—is Deshaun Watson Pete. Well, it's you
1: know, it's him, but it's 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 like if it's not him, who is it? And that's there's no. There's no one else. I mean, Deshaun Watson's been a very, very good quarterback, and there's so many things you can sort of talk about with what's wrong with the Houston Texans,
0: but if it's not him, you know, I don't know who else it could possibly be. Yeah, I mean, because even J.J. Watt, it, and, he's, and it's crazy because he's still a fantastic, exceptional football player, but he's not the guy he was when he was winning three defensive players of the year. He's, you know, obviously you know, a little bit down from there, um but yeah, it would be a question of who's number two and number two just got traded to the Arizona Cardinals, most likely in the offseason. Sorry, who is that? I said if it wasn't JJ Watt, who the question would would have been who who else could it have been and that player was just traded to the Arizona Cardinals?
1: Yeah, probably. I think I think it's fair to say Andre Johnson would have or uh Jesus, uh that it would have been uh retro. Yeah, that yeah, that, it still makes you wonder what the hell that team is doing. But yeah, I mean, the, there's just nobody else, especially now, and, and 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 they've put even more pressure on
0: on him to be the dude. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out, because uh, for Bill O'Brien, it's you know essentially it's his it's his ass on the line, twice, uh, as far as those moves and where Houston goes in 2020. Tennessee Titans. I, I mean, if you base it off the 2019 playoff run, Pete, it's Derrick Henry. I'm not sure if there's one defensive player you can single out over the others. Um, you know, there's certain defensive tackle who you know got this you know, late start after tearing his ACL as a rookie last year. We could revisit this in a year, and maybe it is Jeffrey Simmons. I, I guess for me, right now, for the Tennessee Titans, I mean, this team, I guess, goes as Derrick Henry goes. I mean, I'm still not going to buy into Ryan Tannehill after a nice little hot stretch last year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's Derrick Henry because you can't give it to the whole offensive line, one of which is no longer is is now here. Um So, yeah, I mean it, it's Derrick Henry that that is what they are. I mean, he's if nothing else, he's sort of the representation of what that team is.
0: Now, you flip it over to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, I mean, I I you know, Quentin Nelson's a fantastic player. I don't know if you can give it to him. Philip Rivers, if he was viewed as anybody's team MVP, he'd still be a Los Angeles Charger, I guess. Pete, if you're going to look at the Indianapolis Colts defense, I mean, team MVP, I guess it's the guy they just essentially traded their first round pick for into Forrest Buckner, or at least that's what they are expecting him to be for this defense, for this team. Huh. Um, Where do we get to Jacksonville? Yeah. If you just said huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean that that's. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, DeForest Buckner, is is, is, he's just unbelievable. Uh, He's just a phenomenal football player. Uh, So, yeah, I I have no problem with that. I mean, I I think they would like it to be Phillip Rivers. I just don't think that's reasonable. Um, I think it's another situation where if things go well for the Indianapolis Colts, it'll be the offensive line that'll be the MVP. But right now, if you're picking up one guy, it's got to be Buckner.
0: And if anybody's unaware, one of Pete's absolute all-time darlings in DeForest Buckner. Now, Pete, you thought Indianapolis was tough. We're going to take it on down to the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, and I ain't got an answer for it. I, I had, I have, I mean, I, maybe in Gakwe, but also maybe part of it, Pete, is to give this team anything where you say, you know, somebody is an MVP just due to the fact that you know I don't think they want to be good this year. They certainly weren't good last year. Um, You know, they're going to have to play this out to see if maybe Minshew is that guy here. But as far as a team MVP for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I got nothing, man. Nothing.
1: That's Gardner Minshew. It, It is. Like, and I don't understand why we insist that he can't be a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. Like, he's already done it. He was fine. Like, he doesn't have to be a star. But when he was in a quarterback, they were functional. Like, it worked. It made sense. Like, he just sort of made it go. And he may never be, like, even a top 15 quarterback, but they won football games with that garbage roster that has basically, like, is now borderline quitting. But, like, the, the whole thing was, like, during the, the draft process, well, maybe they should take a quarterback, and, and the whole time I'm sitting there going, why why isn't the answer Gardner-Mitchell? It, it, even if he's not, like, a true franchise quarterback, and, and maybe that's the entire argument, but if you're trying to, like, transition into whatever's next, like, he's perfectly fine. Like he's a guy who can help you win football games. Like he's 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 better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's better than you know some of the other journeyman guys who are floating around. He's like we'll see. I mean he, he may be you know more Tyrod and Buffalo type, but you can make the playoffs with that guy. So you you look at the difference between Gardner Minshew on the on the on the field, and you look when it was Nick Foles. It was clearly. Minshew was better and they benched him and it just sent it just tanked the team so to me it's pretty quick easily Gardner Minshew
0: and you know they're going to give him at least another year to you know nail that down um kid's going to need some help somewhere along the way here weapon wise um but you know I mean the touchdown passes to intercept ratio was fantastic and you know brought definitely some energy to what was you know a franchise that was just essentially selling off some of their best pieces after a couple of years removed from an AFC championship game that they, for all intents and purposes, probably won, but didn't get the breaks that way. Pete, Browns-wise, league-wise, anything you got to get off your chest? Uh, Let's see.
1: Anything going on league-wise? Well, the 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 onside kick thing – I, I, I'm for the 4th and 15th thing or some variation thereof. They've made it so uh, the onside kick is uh, just a sham at this point. Um, so don't do it. Like, let's not pretend it's it's a viable way to come back at the end of the game. So if it's not that, what does what it then become? And to me – if you're asking me, what would I rather have? A, a, a kicker try to get the right bounce to try to make this play happen, as exciting as it might be, or the ball in the hands of the quarterback trying to make a play? I, I'd rather see it in the ball in the hands of the quarterback. If if the Browns are you know down by four against the Steelers and they and and, and they they you know after scoring a touchdown and, and they need to get the ball back. Do I want to see if Jamie Gillen or Austin uh, Seibert can, can bounce the ball right? Or do I want to put the ball in the hands of Baker Mayfield, 4th and fifteen? What is more fun for me to do? And I understand the argument that, well, if you're winning and you score and, and you could, you know, there's three seconds left, you can just essentially run the clock out and avoid having to kick the ball off or whatever. I, I think that the answer to that is simply making it untimed down. Um, for that place so you avoid that so they have to actually run a play but in general i don't you know whether it's that fourth and 15 idea or some variation there of they have to get off the onside kick because as it currently stands it's just stupid It's it's a waste of time and they have to have a way to try to get the ball back so i i'm hoping they can sort of figure this out the other part of that is, is is sky judge i understand they're trying to enhance the amount that the guy in the booth can do but they've just got to get to a point where they can they can just simply have what college has which is a guy constantly in there what the xfl had what the aaf had there and somebody on a screen who can correct things and and uh Albert Breer did a pretty good job of finding out some interesting things with that uh for his uh for his column uh yesterday talking about how there basically is an in case of emergency break glass thing where they can overrule things. And they pointed to an example being when uh uh Mason Rudolph got destroyed by uh uh what's the space from the Ravens? The safety. Anyway, that. That when that went to break uh and and and, and he was laid out on the field, there was no flag when they came back from the break, there was a flag because it came from upstairs. They told them this was a you know this was an awful, awful hit. it's got to be a penalty, and they fixed it. so you know it, it, whether they want to call it sky Judge or something else, they have to get to that point where they can get that stuff right.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, it essentially, it was almost attempted manslaughter by Earl Thomas. So there was that to it. Um. But look, I mean, you know, and with close games, you want you know you want every opportunity for it to you know essentially for the game to go on or for you know to be a realistic option. And obviously, the way they modified you know, the onside kick, um, you've taken that away. So it's you know, I mean, you know, essentially, you're hoping for the correct bounce and David Najoku to be able to sky up and, and beat a whole bunch of people. And the odds of that, and obviously there's not enough, nearly enough practice time. And even still, it's you know so much goes into it for it to actually work that you know you know yes, and I agree with you on the untimed down, make it similar to a, a PAT where it, it doesn't matter. It's something that's got to be done, and you know whatever those three seconds go from there. This has been your Friday locked on Browns. Uh, we're probably gonna uh, still go through the weekend here. Got a couple of guests lined up, so we'll keep coming here. Obviously, anything breaks, you know we'll always go you know hit the record button as fast as possible. Um, For Pete Smith and everything Browns Digest, make sure you're following at Browns Digest, Um, checking everything out over at uh, SI.com. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, DMs are always open. Follow back account. Uh, Again, guys, this is the time of year. You got questions. You got ideas. These uh, team MVPs came from one of you listeners here, which is a great idea. Gives us a chance to do another segment, something different. You know, we always love talking about the NFL in general, you know, not just rounds all the time. You know, obviously we are fans of the league itself. Um, Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open there. Again, you, know, you guys got ideas? Go ahead, throw them off. I mean, you know, this time of year, ne- nothing sounds too crazy. And if it's good enough, you know, we'll take the ball essentially and we will run with it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the L Let's go Browns.